This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Be passionate about what you do and have a focus on what you do. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Shane, you're going to be so excited. I am officially an insurance person. Oh, yeah? Yeah, last night I went to the grocery store. We have this little mom and pop grocery store that we like to support that's right up the street from the house. And I went to grab a buggy and I apparently yanked a little too hard and it pulled two of them out. And the second one went careening toward the bumper of this black late model Mercedes. And all I could think of was, oh my gosh. And so I literally threw my body in front of this buggy to save the bumper of this car because I know what it costs and the insurance repercussions had this buggy hit this Mercedes bumper because of all the sensors and everything in it. And this guy is walking by and he's like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I just couldn't let this buggy hit the bumper of this car because of all the sensors in it. And I know what it's going to cost and there's going to be insurance repercussions. And the guy's like, no, but, but are you okay? And so I thought it was so great. You would be so proud of me. My brain is finally working like an insurance person. That is an official scenario. You've completely made the transition. You are no longer just a marketer, salesperson. You are officially in the insurance black hole. You have officially made it because that's exactly what happens to insurance people. They don't think about the injury to self or the damage to their stuff. It's, oh my gosh, what did I just do? What's the claim? And oh, oh, and agency owners immediately go to loss ratio. Is this going to hurt my profit sharing and contingency? So there's all kinds of levels here where, where you can decide, have you actually crossed the line? And that is a perfect example of someone coming into the industry and crossing the line. You finally have made it to the other side. So I'm proud of you. That's exciting. It's exciting stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, so what are we talking about today? I want to talk about the flywheel and the flywheel effect. My background with the flywheel effect goes back to Jim Collins and his book, Good to Great. And the reason I want to talk about it is because uh, for a couple of things, I think that one, you know how important it is to me or my opinion that you have to build a really, really good foundation when you're building a book of business. And I feel like what happens is, is that agents get bored with that doing the same thing over and over and over again. And they, they want to know when breakthrough happens or they want to know when the time comes where they can expand or they can test new waters or open new markets or, or something of that nature. And so I want to talk about the flywheel effect because I think I think it's completely impactful to independent agencies uh, starting out. I think it's important for independent agencies trying to grow from one level to the next and uh, and so I think I think it's an important thing to think about. Before we go there, I grew up with this rocket scientist dad. And so to me, before I read the book, Good to Great, the flywheel was kind of what keeps the, the gyroscope going. It's what keeps a satellite in place. So I know about flywheels from that perspective. But I have heard us talk about flywheels before during an orientation or during a conference. And I start getting these texts pop up that say, what is a flywheel? So the imagery for me, and it's not my imagery, it's Jim Collins is is what he painted this picture in the book. He talks about this giant 
I have this picture. Maybe I I don't know if this was him or me, but I there's this giant thirty foot huge flywheel, and it's it's this huge object, extremely extremely heavy, and your business is like that flywheel, right? It's this you push on that thing, like you've got to push on it a little bit, and and you're gonna push on it, and then finally eventually it moves an inch. And then maybe maybe you have a new person come on or another person come on and, and now you're both pushing on that flywheel and it moves another inch and then it moves two inches. And then over the course of time, it moves a foot and then it moves a few feet. And then it just finally you make a full rotation and then you keep pushing and you keep pushing. And at some point, there's what would be called a breakthrough. Okay, and so this humongous object that is designed to move big things, tons of big tonnage, right? And I'm not a rocket scientist, so you know, just just if it's not clear already, I'm not that guy. Uh, <laughs> you grew up with one. I am not that guy. So uh, you know, my visuals in my head don't always come out the same way. But it, it, as you're pushing on this flywheel, and and eventually there's this breakthrough, and it actually starts becoming a little bit easier. To push that flywheel. It was really, really hard at first. And it didn't feel like you were getting anywhere. It didn't feel like you were making any movement. And then eventually it moves and then it moves a little more. And then eventually it makes that full turn and maybe a second turn. And eventually you're like, man, this isn't as hard as it was the first time I pushed on that flywheel. And then eventually it becomes a little less hard and less hard. And then there's this breakthrough moment where it actually starts through the power of inertia. It actually starts turning itself and then it speeds up and then it keeps speeding up. And unless you slow it down, it actually can run itself. It can push itself and churn itself. And the weight of that flywheel will actually become its own engine. That's my visual. That's my definition of the flywheel that we're talking about here. So my visual comes from sitting at the Captain D's as a little girl. My dad used to take napkins at Captain D's and he would draw on them with his black felt tip pilot pen that he always kept in his pocket and he explained it to me much the same way but also that once a flywheel is going that it creates an energy source even when the energy is not continuous so that's why it's so important to have this flywheel concept in your business having these systems in your business because there are going to be times where if the flywheel is running if your processes are running you're still going to have the same energy output even though the input is not the same. And it doesn't mean that input completely stops when I transition this to the business side because you have to check on it. You got to make sure that something didn't break. You got to make sure that it didn't come off its axis. And so I think you do have to check on it, but it is intended that it does create its own energy. And I think that's that breakthrough moment that, that I'm talking about. I think those two things are correlated. And that's what Jim Collins meant by this breakthrough. So story that I like to think about um, just the history of companies, Starbucks. And I don't care where you land on the political side of Starbucks today. It doesn't matter to me in this conversation. But you have to look at their company timeline and just go, wow. 1971, first Starbucks store is opened in Pike's Place, Seattle. I think it's Pike's Place. So you've got this this history that started in 1971, and I'm just kind of skipping through the timeline here. 88, 33 stores. So somewhere between 1971 and 1988, 
Starbucks managed to go from one store to 33 stores. And there's little things that happen in between here. Howard Schultz joins, travels to Italy in the early 80s. There's things that happen, right? So we went from one store to 33 stores. Uh, 1993, 272 stores. So from 1971 to 1988, they grew by 32 stores. But from 1988 to 1993, a very much, you know, a condensed timeline here of six years versus 16 years, 17 years, they went from 33 stores to the 272. This is where it gets fun. Skip along to 2002. Uh, Now we're at 5,886 stores in under 10 more years. 2007, 15,000 stores. 2015, they're at 23,000 stores. 2020, they're at over 32,000 stores. And so what we do is we look at Starbucks today and we go, wow, Starbucks is just this really, really great company, really big company, always been the way they are. We forget, we don't look back at these timelines and we see that they started as a single store. The point here is at what point in time did they decide that, you know, where would you say their breakthrough moment was? It's like, well, wait a minute. I don't know. Was it at 272? Was it at 5,000? Was it at 2,000? And, you know, what happens is, is what if they would have stopped pushing on their flywheel at 33 stores? And I think that's the part that I really want to get down into today is how many times do you try before you stop? When do you know to stop and or do you stop? And how do you not get bored with what you're doing to build that foundation? Because I think it's the same thing as building a flywheel. If I start a new agency today, you know, is it going to take me three years? Is it going to take me a year? Is it going to take me five years? I mean, it depends on so many different factors. But at the same time, if you don't keep pushing on that flywheel enough to it starts creating its own energy, you get bored and maybe slow down too early. You're actually impacting the future of your company, insurance agency or not. Do you think Integra has arrived? No, we're still pushing. It's easier today than it was in 2004. And it it was easier in 2012 than it was in 2004. It was easier in 2004 than it was in 1998. It was easier in 1996 than it was in 1983 because that was day one. And today it's much easier than it was in 2015. Because we've pushed and pushed and pushed enough on that flywheel that it now start, it's starting to turn through its own energy. So somewhere along the lines, we have these little breakthrough moments. And I, I want to correct myself on something just a little bit earlier. I'm not so sure that there's a single breakthrough moment. Right. So this would be some place that I would maybe differ with, with, with Jim Collins on this. I think you have many breakthroughs several mini breakthroughs, right? You have these little bitty breakthroughs that happen through the process and it takes you to that next level of energy, that next level of creation where the inertia picks up speed a little bit more. We will be stronger five years from now if we keep pushing the flywheel. If we say, whoa, you know what? Let's just cruise. Let's just set this thing on cruise control and back up. Well, there's going to be energy created from pushing and pushing and pushing. There's going to be momentum that continues, but at some point it will slow back down because we stop pushing. That's where I think Integra is, is that we are trying to push through to the next level, but we can't stop pushing on the flywheel. It's way better than it was five, six years ago. It's definitely even more better than it was 20 years ago. But today we're not there. You know, I don't know. Are you ever there? Are you ever there? I don't think I'm ever there. Is is any company 
is any agency ever there? I'm fixing to go down this marriage deal. I don't know why we end up in marriage counseling on all these podcasts, but am I a good enough husband? I'm ready to stop learning, stop pushing on how to be, you know, am I good enough? I would say probably my wife would say, yeah, let's not stop yet. Let's keep getting better, right? Am I a good enough father? Am I a good enough business person? No, there's this endless pursuit of pushing on this flywheel. And I think it's the difference in being good enough or being great. So many places in life, we stop and say, okay, well, I'm good enough. When if we push just a little bit harder, we go from good to great. Yeah, this whole concept comes out of good to great. And there were these comparison companies that they tried to skip the pushing. They they tried to skip the whole flywheel effect. We can pick on the VC money. We can pick on the venture capital piece. We can pick on that area of, of business. I'm not saying funding and capital. I mean, it's important. But show me someone who's just gutting it out and, and shoestringing it. And I, I think that you're going to see a different culture in those situations. So let's figure out how to get my flywheel turning. I am a producer. I am thinking of starting an independent agency. What do I need to do to get started? What do I need to do to get that flywheel moving? What what is my push? How do I make this happen? I think it's focus. Focus and passion are parts of it. There's some getting in the weeds and there's some understanding how things go and there's the pushing of the everyday. So you have to be willing to commit to doing something every day. So if we're going to say, I'm going to focus on personal lines and, 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 and maybe I preface that with, you need to pick what you're going to focus on first. It's okay if you're going to be commercial lines focused, but be commercial lines focused and find the areas of focus within commercial If you're not going to do that and you're going to focus on personal lines because that's your background, then focus on the right type of personal lines business. If you want to run a non-standard agency and focus on specialty auto, do that. But I think it's this jack-of-all-trades approach where the grass is greener, I've left the exclusive agency channel, or now I'm a producer and I can do things that the owner didn't want me to do. I was a producer before, now I'm the owner, I can do what I want to do. There might have been a really good reason why the agency ownership didn't want you producing certain types of business. It might not have been profitable for the agency. And so as you get out into your own and you start deciding how to design the flywheel that you want to push, then you have to think about that and think about, okay, what is my focus going to be? And that's that's really my whole point here. I think some agents get bored or look out across into greener, the myth of greener pastures and they go, you know, I just crossed that that million and a half, two million dollar mark in personal lines. I think I'll go be a commercial lines guy now. And the question is, is are you there? Have you actually made it to breakthrough moment? If I'm day one, I've got to pick my focus. I've got to decide I'm going to push the same flywheel. I can't push three or four different flywheels. I think they're too heavy. So what if you've been pushing a flywheel for a while and you're just not gaining momentum? Do you keep pushing or do you change flywheels? Aha. So you're not going to believe this, but I actually looked up a graphic. I went to find a graphic and we we did not, we do not plan these podcasts, right? We, we Let's just be very clear out there in the marketplace. We decided several weeks ago that we're just going to start talking. Uh, for you, you guys listening, just know Tanya and I have not discussed this, but she just cued me up on something. I, if you had the visual of me right now, you would see this. 
I went out, found this image, and it's this image around how many times should I try? When do I stop? pushing the flywheel? When do I change gears? When do I go a different direction? So just some examples here. I guess I'm going to give you the politician's answer. 300 times, 300 phone calls for the founder of Pandora to approach investors before he got funding. What if he stopped at 298? 1,009 times for Colonel Sanders was turned down, KFC, Colonel Sanders, turned down when he tried selling the fried chicken recipe. 1,009 times. Are you ready for this one? Now, this one is, pay attention right here if you don't listen to anything else. James Dyson, the Dyson vacuum cleaner, okay? The original Dyson product. 5,126 created failed prototypes before he got it right. So how many times? And the the image, and some of you guys, some of y'all will understand what I'm talking about. There's an image of, of the uh, two guys in a with a pickaxe digging a hole, digging digging a, a tunnel, and one of them turns around and walks away, and the other one's still digging, and the one that turns around and walks away is a literally like inches away from the diamonds in the channel or the gold, right? So there's this graphic that floats around on social media out there. And that's the question that can never really be answered in the sense that what if James Dyson would have stopped at 5,120? Or 25, what, 5,125? You know, if he got it right on 5,126, how do we know that? And so I think it's it's this, are you passionate about it? Do you love what you do when you get up every day? And are you generating that foundational profitability before you can say, okay, I'm going to go do this other thing over here. And and we're, we're relating this back to, obviously, to the independent agency channel in the, in the book of business that we're trying to build. I feel like we get into this jack of all trades scenario. And that's where I'm, I'm, I'm really wanting to go with this is we can't do that. The jack of all trades, master of none is the big is one of the biggest things that gets in the way of independent agencies reaching new milestones and new success levels to quote our no guy don't dabble don't dabble how did dabble not get into this conversation yet right i mean that's great <laughs> that's awesome that's exactly right. We, we have people that dabble. We have people that dabble and get distracted, but we also have people that get bored because they say, well, you know, I've been, I've been selling personal lines for five years and I just get so tired of doing that. I think there's something else wrong if that's the case. Like if there's opportunity to launch into different lines of business, then that's, that's okay. I mean, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for diversification. But I think before we diversify, we've got to be solid. We've got to be really solid. So tell me your definition of really solid. Can you invest in this new area without debt? I think that's extremely solid. Can you go do this out of profits? You know, can you pay yourself the, the living wage that you, that you need? Um, can you do that and invest out of your profits into this new area? Can you hire that producer? Or are you going to have to go take out a loan? find an, an investor are you going to have to are you going to are you going to have to put a compensation program together that doesn't allow the producer to truly have a success path you're going to set them up for failure for failure because you don't design the compensation system because you're worried that you don't have the money to design the compensation system i mean so all of these things kind of go together how do you do this when do you do this and can you do it out of your out of your existing profitability Basically, don't let shiny objects distract you until your flywheel is creating the energy that it needs. Yes. 
I think that's that's a great picture. There's a lot of shiny objects out there. And sometimes those shiny objects come in different forms. It could be um, a number of different things. And, and the biggest one that gets in the way is, is comparables. Comparing yourself to others. Comparing yourself to, to what another agency is doing. And wanting to do that when what you're doing is really successful. And so that, that's, that's a shiny object to me. That's a potential shiny object that could get in your way. I, I think that that's, uh, that's an area where that leads us down that jack-of-all-trades path is we let that comparable get in our way and we stop doing what's working. We stop pushing the flywheel uh, that's working for us and we, tr- we try to spin up other multiple flywheels without, without a real way of paying for that, without a real way of, of making that investment. Starting a new agency, what are my tools in my toolbox that I'm going to need to get that flywheel moving? I need referrals. I need referral sources. I need to understand where, where those opportunities are going to come from. And I want to start where I live. I want to start where I, where I play, look around, and, and I'm not talking about, you know, hit up all your family. I'm talking about the, an area where you are involved in your, your kids thing or your, your, your community. This is community involvement piece. I think you got to start there. And that's, that's, a major, that's a major tool. You got to build systems around that. Because creating that referral environment versus, you know, lead purchases and things of that nature is is potentially going to lead to churn and and you got to watch out for getting down that path of churn you you have to decide you know what can you be successful at and so many of of the producers and agency owners from the exclusive channel uh, producers at agencies you know so many of of these individuals already have some type of community or plan that they're already working in I'm going to challenge them to do this to do that. Don't don't move away from that just because you're starting an in, starting a new agency. If you're starting a new agency and you the reason that you're ready to start a new agency is because you have this experience of doing something really well. Most people don't start new agencies having not been successful somewhere else. That's just a reality where we are today. They they generally have some in, have some experience as a producer, account manager, account executive, uh, exclusive agency owner, exclusive agency producer. They've got a background and they've already created this path of success. So why move away from that? And that's the part that I think comes back to the center of this discussion about the flywheel and when do you stop? When, you know, how many times do you try and creating that energy off the flywheel? I want to challenge people not to get bored with what you do so well. If you've lost a passion, there's something else. If you've lost passion for what you do, well, then maybe you need to look at the industry itself and say, well, maybe I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Maybe I should be doing something else. And that's okay. You don't have to stay in the insurance industry. We want you to. The independent agency channel wants you to stay in the insurance industry. But you got to be passionate and happy with yourself and with that industry and with the business in the first place. I think if you're bored with something, there's some passion that's been lost. I've seen this happen several times now. Somebody will leave the captive industry, move over to the independent world, and they spend a bunch of money on direct mail. And then they're so disappointed because their phone doesn't ring. 
And so I think that's one of the things that people misunderstand when they come from the captive world to the independent world. Those tools that move your flywheel are different. It's a marketer's world. I think marketing has, has shifted. I think the, the big brands are still in advertising spend, lead generation spend is still effective in those worlds because you have the big brand behind you. And I think that's why that, that still works. It doesn't apply in the independent agency system based on my experience. What applies in the independent agency system is the marketer effect and the community effect. And when I say marketer, I'm not talking about advertising. I'm not talking about spending a lot of money. Marketing does not have to be expensive, right, Miss Marketer? I mean, it doesn't have to be expensive. It does not. It can be grassroots-based. It can be you know, social media. It, it can be cause marketing. There's so many things that you can do as a marketer that you can't do as an advertiser. And I think what's happened is, you know, you've got several decades of effective ad spend, brand building in the big brands, the direct channel, the exclusive channel, and agents then move over to the independent agents channel and they go, I'm just going to do that same thing. And that's not going to work. You're not going to be able to just go spend this money. You're going to be severely disappointed, even if it's in a community where, you know, you can still get some radio effectiveness or, or print effectiveness. It's not going to be near what it was when you had that, that big brand on your ad that was helping co-op that and, and so forth. That's not going to drive stuff to you. As an independent agent, you are your brand. You're not selling insurance. You're selling yourself. You're selling your services. You're selling your personality. You can't do that with a direct mail piece. We're trying to be different in the sense that you got to be a David in a Goliath world. If you're going to fight Goliath, you can't armor up and go and, and go toe-to-toe with Goliath. You, you can't do it. You will lose. David would have lost. I don't know. He was like 100 yards or something like that. I don't remember exactly what the scripture says, but he, he slung his, his rock from his sling 100 and something yards away. He did not go get in a wrestling match with Goliath. He would have lost. You can't do that. If you need a comparable, that's it. You have to fight differently. You have to think differently. And you have to use your strengths. Yes. David didn't try to fight using Goliath's strengths. He fought using the strengths that he learned in the field. He didn't go toe-to-toe on Goliath's terms, right? He fought him on his terms. That's a key for the independent agency system. We do not want insurance to be thought of as a commodity. And the minute you have that customer that's just commodity-based, that's drank the Kool-Aid of the big ad spin, then walk away. It's not your client. Every prospect does not have to be your client. It's okay. Two-minute warning. What's our takeaway from today? I want to encourage you to be passionate about what you do and have a focus on what you do and decide where you're going to build that agency foundation. If it's commercial, let it be commercial. If it's personal, let it be personal. Build your foundation around something you're passionate about, something you see that you can push on that flywheel for a sustainable period of time and create the type of foundation that allows you to make diversification investments out of cash, out of profit, instead of out of debt. That's the thing that I think builds healthy agencies long-term and creates the opportunity for you to be really, really good 
When you decide to open up a commercial lines division or you decide to open up a personal lines division after you've built that foundation in one or the other. So I'm going to leave us with a quote today from Ben Hogan. If you can't outplay them, outwork them. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.